0: Does it? Uh, jeez, I'm really fucking loud. Fucking loud. Oh, jeez, I'm really fucking loud. Fucking loud. Oh, am I oh, I'm like you yes. yes. oh.
1: Games Week 3 of schmuck I'm Kyle Von Kubik, joined along with John E. Capcom. That's me. We're still trying to work out what's happening between Wiggly and Stinky the Game Master. Stinky the Game Master overseeing this episode via a two-way mirror. Wiggly's going to be very upset because Stinky's idea of a two-way mirror was basically opening up those GameCube controllers that Wiggly won't shut the fuck up about ever. Yeah. And then gluing a mirror to them. Oh, okay. And I have one, and I assume Stinky would have the other. No batteries in mine.
2: Well, I heard uh, Stinky's after opening up a cash-for-foil business as well. So we should be seeing some of that money anytime soon, you know? Yes. You know, when he gets away from his GameCube-controlled mirror and down off his 7-foot desk. Yes. And uh, he signs those checks, and we can take him to banks in the past when they took checks. Fucking rock and roll. We're
1: still waiting for the... uh the movie money to roll in as well once that movie actually gets finished
2: yeah i'm assuming any day now i'll get the call to do the adr for the irish version of the film of course right. it would have to be translated yeah i'll re-dub it into uh, into bad irish
1: <laughs> oh and we I- would be remiss as we were last week if i didn't mention in the booth a uh, keith laroche yo so, John, uh, this is week three of Shmup Timber. Yes. Uh, and we have given you full reign to pick some of the cream of the crop in the Schmup
2: genre. For this week, I picked something a little bit different. You did? Uh, because, you know, it's not all ships. It's true. And that's good.
1: And, you know, what? The, the whole idea of the show anyway is to introduce people to things they might have ignored or missed or whatever and, and, and open people's minds to possibly what a shmup may be. Now, if, when I hear shmup, my skin crawls a little bit because I want to say shooter. But when I think a shooter, I think space and I think spaceship. And flying around. Or biplane. Or biplane, yes. My, my first inclination is definitely the spaceship and then possibly the, the, the biplane a la 1942. But what you're bringing to the table today, a little bit different.
2: Well, uh, Blood Brothers is, uh, the way I see it, games like Blood Brothers are the tie between a game, say, like Bank Panic, mm. discussed earlier on, and like a an on-rail shooter like, say, Sin and Punishment.
1: Okay. Yeah, Blood Brothers, uh, 1990, put out by the TAD Corporation, is a educational title where players <laughs> learn about the dangers of hepatitis
2: and racism, basically <laughs> and racism. One of those statements is correct. Yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, it, it's fitting that I found out like, like that the game is the way it is, and the way I found out about it was I'd never played this game when it was r- originally in the arcades. I found out about this true emulation, mm-hmm. and. Um, I love the Cabal style of game. Right. And for those of you who don't know, Cabal and other games like it, like Wild Arms, etc., are a game where your character, and of course, NAM 1975. Yes. uh, I'm sure Wiggly would cut one of his eyes out in protest (laughs) if we uh, failed to mention NAM. Uh, He'd go back to the hell again. But um, Cabal, those style of games, your character's running along the foreground of the screen, shall we say, at the front and the bottom and he has a reticle. You move both your character and your reticle around, and you shoot, and you can destroy all your environments and stuff. And the cool thing is, like, as I said, the reason racism fits into it is apparently a friend of mine got to love this game in an arcade owned by a local racist. And it's
1: very uh, fitting, considering the uh,
2: stereotypical
1: uh, characters you'll be shooting at, namely the Native American.
2: Yes. Is that the politically correct term for anything? Native American is... Yes. Okay. Sorry. I probably just was really horrible there. Engine is not a politically <laughs> correct John. No, I'll just say Native American. Like, just be honest, because I mean, I grew up like in Tatanka the same as everybody else. Sure. But did Risco County Junior have? Never mind. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, is this first time you played this game? This is the first time I played it. Now I've played
1: Cabal. Cabal was also put out by the TAD Corporation, uh, 1988. The TAD Corporation consists of former members of Data East. Uh, and they yeah. broke away in '88, and they they put out the Cabal game. And now the Cabal game actually was a first uh, of its kind, and it made its own Cabal shooter genre that you saw mimicked in games that you you spoke about uh, previously, like Nam and Wild Guns. And this is very much like Cabal, but instead of the jungle guerrilla warfare setting that is in Cabal, we're in a uh, western. Uh, almost like a, a fantasy-type Western world, because you have the, the the cowboys and Indian play happening, but you also have zeppelins, and steam engine things happening as well. So there's a little bit of fantasy mixed up in there. Um, and, of
2: course, uh, once you get into the later parts of the game, giant birds and snakes. Right. It's not
1: a huge jump graphically from its predecessor, if you are familiar with Cabal, but there are little things in there that spice it up a little bit. Namely, there's there's like... Bigger boss battles, I guess. Um, You know, would you agree with that? That in Cabal, I know you shoot at a helicopter, but I'm thinking of uh, maybe it's the third or fourth stage where you're going up against the train on the tracks, and it's like you see it afar, and then it's coming closer and closer as the level progresses or as you're going through the level until it's right on top of you and you have to shoot out the tracks and stuff. Like, that's a little more involved
2: than what Cabal was. Yeah, they definitely use perspective more in this game. Whereas in like Cabal, all your enemies basically stayed in the background. This time they interact with you a little bit, much, a little bit more. Uh, same kind of, a lot of same sound effects, mm, yeah. and like definitely the same art. I mean, the one thing I can say about the game is like everything works for it. The environments all work. It's not the prettiest game in the world though. Neither was they, Cabal. No, but they, they they kind of went for some a weird kind of realism how do I put it? It's, it's more real-looking than other shooters of the time, shall I say. Okay. But then, and I'm just talking about perspective and stuff. Yeah. I mean, not at the end of the game when you see the, the Blood Brothers in question uh, in the cutscene and they're, you know, they've got like the big Arnold Schwarzenegger muscle <laughs> boobs and stuff. It's a more kind of representational style than say wild arms which is very cartoony yes and you know and all the other kind of wild west games like sunset riders yeah it's
1: definitely going for realism being um 80s schlock realism
2: yeah like young guns think of it like young guns game.
1: yes what i will say and i'm not trying to be hyperbolic at all but i think this is definitely if you were to find the um the genome or, the, or the, the germ to spread out into the genre. I would classify this game, but this genre, the Cabal Shooter, as yeah. a proto-Gears of War. That third-person, duck-and-cover, destructible environments that can yeah. also be destroyed. Very commonplace today, but for its time, even with uh, Blood Brothers, you didn't see a lot of it. We talked a few weeks back about a game called uh, Gen X Family. Uh, by a company called GenX. And even they jumped on board with their own version of the Cabal shooter, which was called Pirates, which same thing, it was just swap out the theme, whether it be uh, Vietnam or it's uh, the Cowboy and Indians, and they just threw in a Pirate. Yeah. on top of it. But for the time, this was a very popular genre because no one else... It was different from everything else you would expect from a shooter, because like we said, it was either biplanes or spaceships. This third-person perspective was a new
2: and exciting thing. The first time I saw Cabal, uh, it was in an arcade in Tremor in County Waterford, Ireland, back in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And I remember I didn't have enough money to play it, but I remember just standing there going, how the fuck do you play that? <laughs> like, it didn't, it, you know, it looks like those games look like they shouldn't play well at all and they do. Yeah, they they really do. And they the cool emulate about,
1: really well too if you have a joypad.
2: I actually played this again last night on an arcade cabinet. And like when you're playing it with the stick and the buttons, it's just it it's so nice and fluid. It's forgiving in a weird way, much like uh, Giga Gigawing which you discussed before in that if you can actually get pretty good at this game pretty quickly. Mm. Because uh, you've got three buttons to deal with: one fires, one jumps, and then the third doubles as a jump and it also uh, throws your bombs for you. Yeah. The weird thing about it, well, the, I guess the handy thing is like once you're done with throwing bombs, that button just becomes another jump button. Right. So if it's not like you're going to get lost, like if you are under fire and you want to throw your bomb on, and then you run out of them. You'll press it again, and it'll just clear you out of the way. And while you're jumping, you're invincible. So even though it gets a little bit crazy later on with the amount of enemies on screen and bullets flying at you, as long as you keep moving, you can actually weather that kind of storm.
1: Yeah, tuck and roll and jump will be your biggest allies in uh, navigating later levels of the game. There's also a nice array of gun power-ups, although they're pretty much identical to Gabal. So you got you know your regular shot you then you can get a machine gun type of thing i'm trying to think of some of the other gun power-ups
2: well you get dynamite yep shotgun machine yes, gun. the shotgun i forgot and you get this by shooting the power piggies is like oh, yes. them. yeah the, these little pigs that run across the screen and if you can shoot them multiple times they'll throw multiple uh power-ups yes did you play the single player or two player
1: i played a single player it's one or two players
2: simultaneous for the most part, I play this game single player, but back in the arcade, I remember I played Cabal uh, two player. And the two player experience is really fun because it's not that the action amps up or anything, it's just that it becomes it's a tough, but it's easy at the same time. And the one unforgiven thing about this game I find is the bosses. Yes. Whereas, if you die at all, the boss regains all his health before you come back on the screen. And that is really tough, especially when you're fighting the uh, Bordemic level uh, halfway through. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's like Wild Arms in a way, or Wild Arms is like it, where you're playing. It seems fairly normal, apart from the fact that you dance across the world when you kill everybody. Yeah, um, I love that. I If you're not familiar with Cabal, go on YouTube
1: and just search Goofy Cabal Victory Dance, because I'm pretty sure <laughs> it'll show you what happens at the end of each stage. The music and that dance, especially for Cabal, you got the uh, War is Hell helmet on a skull with wings and it's Vietnam and you're shooting. It. It's like, tack, 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 tack. and then all of a sudden it's wait, what just happened? First time I played Cabal, I was not expecting it. And I was just like, this game is
2: amazing. I have to see that again. It dances into the background. of the yes. screen, And this is the same thing again. Like um, it's very strange in that like when you're fighting the big bird I think that's at the the end of the (laughs) stage
1: you're fighting big bird at the end
2: of the stage yeah the birdemic birds yes they come in and you shoot co-hangers at them but uh (laughs) no that's that's a lie but uh, no you go in there and you're shooting these Like you're fighting all these men really blood red native americans (laughs) Uh, and well, well, cowboys one of if you're the
1: second player the second player is a native american so
2: yeah a pretty white one though yes very white <laughs> yeah, but uh i think that headdress is an affectation uh, <laughs> you know he's one of these people that you see going oh yeah i do you know i'm 7% Chakawak <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why be- i
1: can be a racist <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> is that reason really- oh, god <laughs> But, um, yeah, fucking, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm horrible. That guy's in there, and he's killing all these people, and um it is really horrible in the way it treats uh, Native Americans. Yes. Where, like, again, they're blood-red beings, they're Martians with feathers in their hairs, like, you know, and they're running on screen, and you're killing all those guys, and you're thinking, yeah, this is just a, it's two maniacs (laughs) murdering and destroying the West for some reason. (laughs) And then you're just like, oh, wait a minute, there seems to be magic involved, too, because... (laughs) First, you go up against a bird, and which is a maniac bird, because it, it spits eggs out of its butthole, and then its weird little bald babies attack you as well. <laughs> That's why I said this is not a Western as much as it's a Western
1: fantasy. This is like yeah. Wild Wild West without the mechanical spider.
2: Yeah. When you, you fight that bird, you go, okay, that was weird, and then the game gets a little bit weirder. Because you go on to fight big red and blue snake that chains its way throughout a lava pit mine. Did you get to the last guy? No. Well, I called him Mega Macho Man when I saw him the first time because he is like a 15-foot tall macho man, Randy Savage. Really? Yeah. Like, he doesn't have the – if he had that snake's coloring – on his clothes, he would be literally the Macho Man. (laughs) But he's got more of a, kind of a, you know, a a Skinner vibe, shall we say. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's a big, I call him Mega Macho Man, and he's really tough. A big, kind of muscly beard dude. You find out later on that his name is Big Bad John. Yes, I am actually familiar with the character. Did you know why this game was happening? I did
1: not. Story-wise. Big Bad John, I do know because of the, um... The arcade flyer artwork that I looked up. Ah, okay. Yeah, but um, why was this game happening?
2: Well, apparently Big Bad John had some Big Bad treasure in his Big Bad cave. Okay. And the two guys basically went to kill him to get it off him. <laughs> and-
1: <laughs> and so that's wait, been- are, are they protagonists?
2: Or are they the guys? I was kind of wondering about that. What's great is that in the last screen, it goes, the Blood Brothers kill Big Bad John. They retrieve the missing treasure and keep it for themselves. <laughs> and then they thought about it for a minute and decided to share it with the people in the city. Okay, so there was a minute where they were going, "Fuck those people! We're taking their money and we're going to Hookertown. Town." <laughs> and uh, you know, it was—it's kind of like the, the the Wild Bunch in that yeah. uh, respect. Blood Brothers, also known as Scumbags. But what's great is then is the the postscript tells you it's like, and it was a long, boring journey back <laughs> to the town, but a glorious one because they were heroes. Now, and you're thinking only by choice, not by calling.
1: Well, like we've discussed on uh, previous weeks of Schmup temper the Schmupper shooter genre, arcade games in general, aren't a great source for any sort of uh, storytelling. In video games, but particularly this genre is probably one of the goofiest yeah, in it's, its storytelling.
2: This was the time before QA, you know, yeah. before quality assurance. When, when they'd make a game in Japan and go, "Will we make sure it's uh, proper and correct for the West?" and they went, "No, fuck them." <laughs> yeah. you know? It was basically how that shit went down, and it was made it really fun back in the day. When you're a kid, though, as well, you're so dumb, you don't even know. <laughs> you know, this is when true. you're drawing your own poo-poo crayons in school. I mean, what the fuck? What are you supposed to know about good English? like, you know? <laughs> Or structured narrative or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, th- we, were, we were the kids who funded the production of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's that true. film didn't lose money. It's, <laughs> it's the reason that the Mario Brothers film came it's out. Made. Yes. It was not a golden age of storytelling. I mean, I remember looking at games that had good story in them, like probably like the King's Quest games at the time, Mm. and going, they look boring. But (laughs) I'd be happy to to go to an arcade and be told that someone set us up the bomb.
1: (laughs) Nice. What I will say about Blood Brothers, aside from all the action, it does get repetitive as you progress through the game. Uh, There is a sharp inclination of difficulty, particularly with the boss battles, as you discussed. And I found that there was uh, less coverage, or less things to find cover behind, than Cabal. All that being said, I mean, if you're not familiar with the Cabal shooter genre, this is a great starting point. It's got a little bit more going for it than Cabal, where it doesn't feel as repetitive as Cabal. So, if you're not familiar with this early third-person shooter, I I would I definitely think this is a great place to start. We also discussed Nam 1975 and, and Wild Guns. Both are, are excellent games. And if you are a fan of Cabal but you haven't played this, you definitely should check it out because uh, I think it's only going to bring you more enjoyment.
2: I definitely do think, though, that games like Panzer Dragoon and Sin and Punishment and stuff like that yeah. took from this genre as well. Like, But definitely. instead of hiding down at the bottom of the screen, they took the ships and moved them around. It's an interesting evolution of that shooter genre. And, I mean, I remember I was only... A while ago, I was looking at, like, old ads for, like, the Intellivision and stuff. And it was always, hey, how's that space shooter game treating you, you know? And that was, at a certain point, that that was the standard. And this game was, like, one of the, like, first kind of deviations on it. And What year was it, 90? 1990, yep. So, it was kind of like the 80s, I mean... Everybody had been shooting everything for for that whole decade almost. And this was kind of when, at that time, when everything started evolving a little bit.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a a breath of fresh air, a diversion from the typical vertical and horizontal shooter that, at that point, especially by 1990, had just flooded the arcade market. There were so many different variations of... Whether it be a Space Invader variation or a Defender variation, it had been done, you know, ad nauseum. So, uh, anyway, that pretty much sums it up for Blood Brothers, and here's this week's pro player tip, maybe. Magic Suck will
2: connect
0: you.
1: Magic Suck.
0: Stinky! Stinky the Game Master. Hello. I only say hello twice. Oh. What? Uh. I guess I'm gonna give the tip. Hi everybody. I'm gonna give you a tip for Blood Brothers. Blood Brothers by Sega. Don't forget about the tin can. Always try to shoot the tin can eight times. shoot it, shoot once, That gets it up and there floating around. The and then you, you hit it three times. First three times, I guess you're around maybe about a thousand points. And then you hit it three more times, get dynamite. You hit it three more times, I don't know. And then depending on what level you're on, the eighth time, you'll get something like a uh, level 1 one you might get a uh, an extra life or level other ones you get 10,000 points so make sure to hit your tin can if you got the machine gun then really shoot that tin can the other thing I noticed is uh you can only put a 99 dynamites in your pants so if you see another dynamite then throw out all your dynamite and dynamite pants now Another important tip for any arcade game is before you go into arcade, take a flask. And uh, make sure whenever you're waiting in line, or playing a game, or going to the bathroom, or looking on the floor for your change, just keep taking swigs at the flask. Now you'll either get really good at the game you're playing, or it really won't matter. Okay, Blood Brothers. Bye Mattel.
1: Okay, so begrudgingly, I sent a dollar into John, and he's going to uh, shuffle those dollars up now. John's going to do the weekly pick of the buck. That's so what I'm doing. Again, I'm completely against this. And while he shuffles those dollars, let me remind you to go to wetalkgames.com. Our name is our address. Uh, from there, you can check out what's going on with the community, the We Talk Games community, and you can log in and join that community with one of numerous social media sites that you're already a part of, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, your Windows Live ID, Yahoo, I believe you can log in with, things people don't right. even use anymore you can log in with.
2: Your Rexport Pro Wrestling login from back in the day.
1: <laughs> Your Friendster account. Also, check us out on Twitter. Our tag is uh, at we Talk Games. You can also see us on Facebook, facebook.com slash WTG podcast. And uh, shoot us an email, stinky at WeTalkGames.com. Let us know what you think of the show, uh, any suggestions you may have, or what you thought of Blood Brothers. All right, let's give some hints for next week's show. Yeah, I'll go first. Earth! And my uh, hint will be HEART! (laughs) Red herrings all around. (laughs) Here's an audio clue for next week from TT Schmookins. Hello, I am TT Schmootkins. Here is next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine, Pick a D-Buck, Arcade Game Audio Clue.
0: Good luck, geeks.
2: All I got right, to you done it? shuffling those dollars. I do. I, I'm uh, done with it, and I got out I'm here done and. With it. Are you done with it? Oh, I am. Uh, this many weeks in, I'm way done with this. Well, guess what? What? The dollar this week says Kyle. No. A- and then it says, "Lol, JK actually as Wiggly." Come on now, Wiggly. That's a two-year-old joke. I can hear Kyle's heart breaking on the other side.
1: Well, for We Talk Games, pick of the buck on <laughs> Kyle Von Kubik.
2: I'm Johnny Capcom.
1: Signing off till next week of Schmuck temper <laughs> Right?
0: Yeah, this is a song. This is a song. And if you don't like this song, I'm going to call up Glenn Campbell, tell him I got another song for him. Sounds like this. I'm going to move back in near the band for a few seconds. to who knows where mm mm-hmm.
2: da 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 da